if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed, it is every inch of that. Derek, push the button seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock as we get you started on this Monday, the 22nd morning of the second month of the year of our Lord, 2021. Thank you so much for being with us. Coming up in about 40 minutes, we will talk with Congressman Jim Jordan as we do each and every Monday schedule permitting, uh, about this insanity of a $2 trillion Democrat spending bill that has nothing to do with COVID relief, even though it is called a COVID relief bill. Uh, simply astounding. We're going to start with that here in just a moment. But first, before we do anything else, how do we start our day on the Bob France Authority? This was largely in response to Democrats' refusal to honor our country by standing and reciting the Pledge of Allegiance before committee hearings in Congress. We said, well, we're just going to have to teach them how. And, of course, to whom do we turn for lessons on patriotism? Not adult leftists, but rather little patriotic children. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Nice job, everyone! Yes, sir, young man. Thank you. Thank you for taking the bull by the horns there and guiding us through the glorious pledge. We need to not only teach our children sometimes, sometimes... We need to learn from our children. Democrats probably uh, could take uh, take a lesson there, no question about that. All right, uh, we're going to get into this. I, I'm going to start today with this uh, bill that the Democrats are trying to ramrod through. They're prepared to go through this without a single Republican vote. The two... Uh, trillion dollar spending bill, which is supposed to be about coronavirus relief or China virus relief, which is quite frankly not about China virus relief, uh, hardly any of it at all. But they're no, they know they're not going to get a single GOP vote for this, and they're going to push forward anyway on a totally, totally partisan uh, passage in the House. They're on track to do this. Um, the markup, today's markup, is one of the last major House steps in this um, reconciliation process. The final aid package sent to Biden's desk will likely change from this House-passed bill. That's because the Senate 
consideration will be laden with a lot of um, uh, you know provisions, such as you know the, the the landmines in it, like the minimum wage hike, minimum wage hike, excuse me, paid sick leave expansion. All of these kinds of things could be stripped out or reconfigured in the Senate side. But let's talk about where we are, at least for now. It is supposed to be a COVID relief bill. That's what they tell us. It's supposed to be about COVID relief, but it is filled with things that have nothing to do with the China virus. Let's talk about some of these things that are included in this $2 trillion Democrat dream bill. And that's what it is. Included in the bill are $1,400 stimulus checks to everybody. Essentially, including those who don't need them. Those who are working, those who did not close down, those who are considered essential, we're going to continue to spend money we don't have that we're just going to print for everybody and treat everybody as if their needs are the same. That's just kind of stupid. But that's not even close to the biggest problem with all of this. Additional funding for state governments and local governments, most of them big blue urban centers in terms of the local governments who fail their constituencies on astounding levels on a regular basis it, you know it's not new news for me to tell you that if you look at the poorest and most poorly run cities in america if you look at the cities with the highest crime rate in america if you look at the cities with the highest poverty rate in america if you look at the cities with the lowest economic growth in america they all have something in common democrat leadership It's true of the big cities, and it's true of the blue states, for the most part. Not to say there are none. For example, we sit in a state right now run by a Republican governor named Mike DeWine, and we are far behind the rest of the country as it pertains to job growth. During the Trump years, which were going to be remembered as years of good and plenty, Uh, We were doing so well as a country in terms of job growth, wage growth, economic expansion, and so forth. In in the state of Ohio, we lagged way, way behind all of that because Mike DeWine is a a walking buffoon. Um, But nonetheless, most of them are blue states. So the bill uh, was put together by the Democrat-controlled House Budget Committee, and it is filled with so many items, dozens of them, unrelated to China virus relief. For example... The bill would enact a key promise made by China Joe with the Kung Fu grip, increasing the federal minimum wage to $15 an hour um, incrementally over the next four years, which, of course, is not only stupid, it will be devastating. Stupid because, we've talked about this before, small-town businesses, uh, um, small-town wages, in, I don't know, pick a town in Arkansas just for the sake of discussion or Kentucky, are going to be very, very different. The cost of living in a small town in Kentucky is going to be far different than the cost of living in San Francisco or the cost of living in New York City. A $15 minimum wage is simply not needed in smaller towns where the expenses and the cost of living is much lower. But mostly, mostly the problem is, of course, with the devastating impact it will have on small business owners. Large corporations may, with huge profit margins, may be able to absorb a $15 minimum wage. Mom and pop in their little shop, in their little town like yours, cannot afford to do that. They're going to have to fire or lay off or drastically cut the hours of every employee to the point where their paychecks are smaller at $15 an hour than they were at their previous rate. 
And that's just because Democrats are too stupid to think ahead. Either that or they did think ahead, but they also know this is a huge political move for them. Because it it specifically is going to reach out to minority voters and say, look at us, look at us trying to help you, because minority voters typically are making less weight, lower wages. And why, you may ask, by the way, I don't want to chase this rabbit down the hole, but it has nothing to do to do with systemic racism or white privilege. What it does have to do with is graduation rates. It does have to do with minorities simply graduating graduating at a far, far lower rate and therefore having much lower job prospects and therefore they'll be more likely to make um, minimum wage as opposed to growing and advancing up through their companies to make bigger wages. Educations help that advancement happen much, much faster. And the reality is that uh, white Americans and Asian Americans are graduating at a much, much higher rate, higher rate than are African American and Hispanics. So this is clearly just a move to reach out to the African-American and Hispanics to say, keep voting Democrat. Secondly, in the China virus relief bill that isn't about China virus relief, animal COVID studies. This bill allocates $300 of your dollars for the agricultural department to conduct monitoring and surveillance of susceptible animals for the incidence of COVID, SARS-CoV-2, actually, as it's called studied and guided by the World Organization for Animal Health. Americans are suffering. Americans are dying. American jobs are gone because of the shuttering of businesses due to the China virus, and they want $300 million of your dollars to go to study how the virus affects the animals. How about the student loan outreach? This bill, $2 trillion in strength, allocates $91 million for the Department of Education to prevent, prepare for, and respond to coronavirus domestically or internationally, including to students and borrowers about financial aid, economic impact payments, mean-tested benefits, and tax benefits for which they may, may be eligible. Now, understand this. That $91 million isn't the, we're going to forgive $10,000 to each student loan borrower. This is study how to give money to student loan borrowers. You follow that? $91 million for the Department of Education to prepare for student loan relief, domestically and internationally, including direct outreach to students and borrowers about their financial aid situations. So $91 million to prepare to give them hundreds of billions in dollars of student loan, student debt relief which, of course, is going to have so many of us ready with our attorneys to file a lawsuit saying, I want my back payments. I paid my student loans off. Where's my money? What else is in the China virus relief bill that's not about China virus relief? Fine arts and museums? This bill allocates $135 million to the National Endowments for the Arts. And another $135 million, so now we're up to 270 for the National Endowment of the Humanities. Oh, and while we're on it, how about $200 million more to the Institute of Museum and Library Services? What in the living hail does the National Endowment for the Arts or for the Humanities or Library Services have to do with fighting COVID-19 and providing relief to those who have suffered from it? Nothing. But it doesn't have to make sense. It's a Democrat bill that will not have one 
single solitary Republican vote for it. What else is in the China virus relief bill that doesn't have to do with China virus? How about Native American languages? Wait, what? The bill also gives $10 million for the, this is a quote, the preservation and maintenance of Native American languages. End quote. Pardon me for the redundancy, but I must ask again, what in the hell is the preservation and maintenance of Native American languages, and why does it cost $10 million of my tax money? Is somebody out there trying to stomp out Native American languages, making sure they're forgotten forever? And why does it take $10 million to preserve those languages? Is somebody out there allowing the Native American languages to splinter and fall apart? Because why does it cost $10 million for the maintenance? That's in the bill. Maintenance of Native American language. What What does it take to maintain? How about family planning? Family planning services get about $50 million in this China virus uh, relief bill. That means, yes, Planned Parenthood and other abortion centers get $50 million because of COVID-19 and China virus relief. How about the airlines? The airline industry, which was controversially bailed out in the first stimulus last spring, get another $15 billion in this bill. The bill also does provide $750 million for the director of the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, CDC, to combat COVID-19 and other emerging infectious diseases globally, including efforts related to the global health security, global disease detection and response, global health protection, global immunization, and global coordination on public health. What does all that mean? It means they're taking about a billion dollars, three-quarters of a billion dollars, $750 million and sending it to other countries and say, here, make sure you fight your pandemics. It's another Democrat giveaway, which, by the way, brings us to something else we'll talk about after the break. Joe Biden made his announcement at the end of last week. Made an announcement. Not just signed some things that people could interpret a certain way. No. Made an announcement. That the age of America first is over. He told international leaders that the age of America first policies are over. It is now about globalism. The President of the United States is more interested to flip the phrase from Donald Trump. The President of the United States now is more interested in the people of Paris rather than the people of Pittsburgh. We'll get into that as well. We've got a lot to talk about with Jim Jordan coming up at 948, and I certainly want to talk to you. 216-901-0945-888-281-1110. This is The Authority on AM 1420, The Answer. We're known 
now why the Democrats decided to t- make this a uh, partisan bill, didn't want to cooperate with Republicans, even though we worked on a bipartisan basis last year to pass five bills that spent almost $4 trillion to help our country get through this pandemic. It's because they want to use the coronavirus pandemic as an excuse to fulfill a lot of long-standing liberal priorities. Long-standing liberal priorities. In other words, the liberal wish list, the liberal dream scenario pushing it all through on the heels of the pandemic and using the pandemic as justification. That was Tom Cotton this morning on Fox and Friends, not biting for a second. Neither is Representative Steve Scalise. We had an amendment to require New York to report the nursing home death data that Governor Cuomo's been covering up, the major scandal in New York. Do you know that every Democrat, including the Democrats from New York, voted against requiring that Cuomo has to disclose the nursing home death data uh, to get tens of billions of dollars for New York? So Steve Scalise there is talking about something that is not in the $2 trillion bill, which is related to the China virus. And that is the investigation of why 15,000 nursing home uh, uh, residents died when Andrew Cuomo jammed thousands of infected coronavirus uh, uh, patients into the nursing homes. Absolutely incomprehensible. That can't be a part of the $2 trillion coronavirus bill. But all of the rest of this stuff can. Let me give you a couple more here before we get to the bottom of the hour break. According to um, analysts, just 1% of the $2 trillion package will be spent on vaccines. 1%. Only 5% are going toward pandemic-related public health needs. A full 15%, or about $300 billion, earmarked for liberal policy priorities that have nothing to do with the pandemic. And for things that do have kind of a tangential relationship with the pandemic, they are being treated, or they are being funded, rather, only superficially. And also, quite frankly, eh, you could call it fraudulently. What do I mean? This is what I mean, as an example. The $2 trillion Biden plan here that the liberals are going to pass without a single Republican vote calls for another $170 billion to be spent on education. And you say, well, what's wrong with that? We need to spend money on education, do we? Okay. But that includes nearly $128 billion going to K-12 schools for, quote, preparation for, prevention of, and response to the coronavirus pandemic or other uses allowed by other federal education programs. And you're thinking, well, still, that's okay. At least it's related to the coronavirus, right? Well, except for the fact that this is being pushed through now. The claim is that this money is need, needed urgently, yet the vast majority of those $170 billion will not be spent this year, nor next year. Previous coronavirus relief and congressional spending bills have already given the schools over $100 billion to use for uh, uh, reopening and for for safe um, return to schools for the students and the teachers. But according to the CBO, the Congressional Budget Office, most of those $100 billion haven't been spent yet. So while Biden is calling for another $170 billion, only $6 billion would be spent this fiscal year, another $32 billion spent next year. That means most of the first $100 billion outlay that has not been spent will be added to around $140 billion or $130 billion in this new outlay. So there's going to be $230 billion sitting there being unused. If the pandemic was as urgent as everyone says that it is, 
how can you take all of those funds and leave that, let them sit? And the answer is, those funds are not needed for education right now. If they were, and if it was urgent, all funds that are put forth in a bill like this would be spent immediately. But they're not. This is a nod to their friends in the teachers' union. Nothing less, nothing more. This money will eventually find its way into the right Democrat pockets, but it is not for education and not for opening schools safely. And I've got more on the state budgets and the local budgets as well, the $350 billion to bail them out. Uh, it is it, This is criminal. This, In fact, dare I say, if... What the Congress was about to pass was done in the streets or in corporate boardrooms. They would probably be arrested for theft, either for theft or, you know, if it was on the streets or if it was in a corporate boardroom, I guess they would call it what? Embezzlement. Embezzlement of funds that are not theirs. All right. It's 930. We'll get news now. Come back. I want to hear from you. 216-901-0945 on AM 1420. The answer. Progressive Democrats, please be aware you have now entered the place where political correctness goes to die. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. All right, 937-7 as we continue on AM 1420. The answer, giving you a little bit of the reaction to the $2 trillion uh, bill, the COVID relief bill, and I use that in air quotes, that is scheduled for markup today and passage as early as this week. We'd like to see American workers get a wage increase. We'd like to see it go to American workers, though. That's why we also pair it with the mandatory E-Verify program. So every business across the country will have to verify that its employees are legally authorized to work in the United States. That's uh, Senator Tom Cotton. We heard him on uh, Fox News this morning. Here's also, once again, uh, Minority Whip Steve Scalise on the state funding that has nothing to do with coronavirus relief. We had an amendment to require New York to report the nursing home deaths data that Governor Cuomo's been covering up, the major scandal in New York. Do you know that every Democrat, including the Democrats from New York, voted against requiring that Cuomo has to disclose the nursing home death data? Uh, to get tens of billions of dollars for New York. Uh, that's the actual Steve Scalise clip we heard earlier. Here's the new one. The president's uh, was press secretary yesterday, Jen Psaki, on a news show, uh, admitted that the money doesn't even have to be used to reopen schools. Yeah. Over $100 billion to go to schools, not to reopen. In fact, 95% of that money can't even be spent until 2022. Do you really want to wait until 2022 to start having your kid go back in school? This bill actually will delay school reopening. Yeah, and and, and that's why this bill, this, this $2 trillion bill is just so absurd. Even if you did want to put money aside for schools, okay, but let's be reasonable. How urgent is it right now? This is supposed to be a, quote, emergency coronavirus or COVID-19 relief bill. Not something where you put $170 billion aside to be used on whatever pet projects teachers unions want in 2022 or 2023 or, or beyond. Um, the pandemic related measures of the bill provide the $1,400 stimulus checks to individuals that do phase out at certain incomes. Although I still say there are millions of people who are going to get it who don't need it, but still, um, an extension to federal supplemental un- unemployment be- uh, benefits and increasing the budget for WIC and food stamps programs. It also provides some funds for mortgage payments and rental assistance. That is a tiny drop in the bucket of the $2 trillion. We're talking about less than 15% of the bill actually goes to those items to help people who are in need right now today. 
This is a Democrat dream bill, and they are using it to fund all of the, to bail out their failing blue cities and states, as I identified in, in segment one, and also to um, fund their pet projects, their pork projects in their own districts. Did you know that BART, BART is the Bay Area Rapid Transit System. All right, that's mass transit, kind of like the subway, but most of it's overground uh, for the Bay Area. I used to live out there, so I know this. Um, and Bart's pretty efficient, pretty good, by the way. But anyway, San Francisco is a failing city. Nancy Pelosi's home district is San Francisco, and it is a failing district. And they have mismanaged themselves into hell uh, with Democrat leadership for decades. And so now they're using the Chinese virus, the COVID-19 pandemic, to bail out a city that has failed its residents. And BART, Bay Area Rapid Transit, is getting $112 million from the COVID-19 fund. What does the COVID-19 fund, what does the China virus have to do with Bay Area Rapid Transit? Absolutely nothing. And I don't want to go through all the numbers that I gave you before because I think you kind of get the idea now. But we are just having our tax dollars ripped from our paychecks and sent for every Democrat pet project they can find, including Green New Deal type piecemeal uh, institution of the Green New Deal uh, that is so devastating to, well, right now, the people of Texas, as an example. Okay, let's go to the phones. Bruce is calling us from Medina on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Bruce, you're on the air. Go ahead. Hi, Bob. Uh, hey, I just wanted to make a, uh, a couple of comments here. I always enjoy your program. And you mentioned earlier about the uh, blacks, Hispanics uh, graduating at a lower rate. Yeah. And this still has something to do w- with this with this whole bill. And the blacks, you know this, and many of your uh, listeners know this, but they're graduating at a lower rate because the Democrats want to keep them down. That's why they want the 1619 Project. And we really need some people in in a representative that understand this and are going to fight for this. And we need them in the state house, the state Senate, the federal house, uh, Senate. And I'll tell you this, one person I know of that is a true conservative and understands this to the nth degree and should really be representing us somewhere is Lisa Woods. And I mean that. She knows this stuff backwards and forwards. We've got to do something different in this country. We have to get some true conservatives in representing the people and doing what's right for the country. And well, by Lisa, God, was, Lisa was on, obviously, and thank you uh, for the call, Bruce. I appreciate it. I'll address a couple of those points. Lisa, of course, was on the uh, school board, the Ohio State uh, Board of Education, and you're right. There are not enough of her. There are not enough conservative-minded people who are actually interested in education for the sake of education rather than education for the sake of indoctrination and political ideology. Uh, that's part part one. Part two, going back to what you said about African Americans or blacks and Hispanics graduating lower, there's a element of what you said to it but it's not directly that the primary reason for under graduation or, or rather uh, uh, disproportionate uh, lower graduation rates for minorities particularly black and brown minorities um, is 
what we talk about all the time, what Larry Elder has built his entire show around for years and years and years, trying to preserve and protect and save black children by preserving and protecting the black family. And the reality is when you do not have two parents in a household, in a household rather, uh, children suffer. They don't go to school. If they go to school, they don't do their work. If they do their work, they're not being, they're being undisciplined. They're getting suspended. They're doing all kinds of terrible things because there are not two authority figures being disciplinarians in their houses. And when that happens, guess what happens? Happens. The kids drop out of school at extraordinarily disproportionate rates. Huge, huge, huge disproportion. And when you drop out of school, you don't graduate. When you don't graduate, you don't get good jobs. When you don't get good jobs, you are now begging for somebody to raise the minimum wage because you're not going to be able to advance. And that's just the reality of the situation. So the primary reason for, uh, for the underrepresentation of minorities, particularly black and brown minorities in, the, in terms of high school graduations, it has to do what it always does. It starts in the home. And I would say that if you're white, if you're red, yellow, green, or purple, I don't care. If you don't have a dad and a mom working hard to raise you, checking your homework every day, maybe even gasp, giving you a little bit of help with your homework. Do you know? Do you understand how to do that fraction, son? Let me help you. The fact that nobody's there to help them or not enough people are there to help them is the biggest reason why they fail. And no amount of China virus COVID relief fund is going to change that. We'll be right back. Okay, 948 as we continue on AM 1420. The answer is still trying to dissect a little bit of this ridiculous $2 trillion bill that is scheduled for markup today. It's going to be passed without any Republican support whatsoever uh, as early as this week. And it'll go to the Senate. There may be a couple of things, you know, reconfigured. But this is just a simple disaster, a tiny fraction, a tiny percentage of a $2 trillion bill that is supposed to be for COVID relief actually going to covert relief. And I'm told we do have Congressman Jordan on the line now on AM 1420, The Answer. Congressman, good to talk to you this morning, sir. How are you? I'm doing fine, Bob. Good to be with you again. Good to talk to you too, sir. Um, I got to tell you, I mean, I've been reading through some of the percentages and some of the dollars uh, that have been allotted in mm-hmm. this uh, $2 trillion. I'm going to round it to $2 trillion. It's $1.9 trillion. Uh, I, it is astounding to me how many of these things have nothing to do with COVID relief. I, I do understand yeah. the need to provide relief for those who have been negatively impacted by either the virus itself or the policies put in place to respond to the virus. But, Congressman, probably 85% of this has nothing to do with actual COVID relief. It has to do with Democrat right. pet projects. Right. But but are we surprised? I mean, think about it. It's been one month of the new administration. They have opened the borders. They have closed the schools. They're getting back in the Paris Climate Accord. They want to get back in the Iran deal. They canceled Keystone Pipeline, killed all kinds of jobs, drove up the price of energy. And now they're going to pass a two trillion dollar bill. We shouldn't be surprised. Two trillion dollar bill that doesn't that that just is giveaways to all their their political interest groups. And I mean, there's money in here for like Planned Parenthood and family planning. I mean, Let's focus on let's focus on helping the, the small business owners and the families who've been hurt. Let's focus on getting kids back to school, for goodness sake. And frankly, if you saw the news last week, Bob, there was a great piece of the journal, um, the Wall Street Journal, that said by, by mid-April, we should be totally back to normal. The, uh, the, the scientists think that we are going to be at herd immunity, close to it anyway, and it's time to get back to normal. And yet, but what Biden say like a week and a half ago, oh, we'll go one day a week to school in some of these big cities. It, it, it's ridiculous, and this bill is just 
Just another example of the ridiculous things we've now seen in only 30, what, 31, 32 days of this administration. Yeah, yeah. It just had his one-month anniversary on, on February 20th. And, yeah, I, I read that. Johns Hopkins, uh, Johns Hopkins, a researcher yeah. and scientist and expert, epidemiologist, said we should reach herd immunity by April. Yet, Dr. Fauci just went on TV yesterday and said, mm-hmm. you can plan on wearing masks into 2022 <laughs> even if you receive the vaccine. I mean, yeah, it's so goofy. I mean, everything is goofy. The, the, the Dr. Bhattacharya, uh, Stanford School of Medicine, has 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 posed this pretty pretty simple question. He said, "Which which is more harmful for people under seventy? Which is more harmful, the the COVID or the lockdown?" And the evidence is overwhelming. The lockdowns have been more harmful for healthy people under seventy. The vast vast majority of the people. Um, uh, it, it, the lockdowns are more harmful. So, uh, but yet, yeah, Dr. Fauci says we're gonna we're gonna have to continue to this this, this crazy lockdown uh, focus for another year. I just don't think Americans are gonna tolerate it. I think they they, they figured this out, uh, and the science is frankly uh, on our side. This this disease was serious, and we have to treat it that way. But come on, it's time to get back, Con- Congressman. Let me just hit a couple of the other um, lowlights of this of this spending bill. Um, I have nothing against Native American people. God bless them. God love them. But why do we need to spend $10 million of our taxpayer dollars for the, quote, preservation and maintenance of Native American languages? What in the hell does that mean? Is somebody out to end and 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 completely forget all Native American languages? Is somebody trying to attack it? And why does it cost $10 million to preserve and maintain it? I, I've never seen such garbage before. Yeah. Well, well Bob, where, where does that money go for real? Talking. Bob, that's your white privilege talking. <laughs> that, that's how these people, I mean, they come up with all this crazy stuff. They call us names. It makes no common sense. And it's, and it's just more of your tax dollars. You see where Biden said last week at, at, the, at the G7, uh, he said that our foreign policy will no longer be transaction. And you know what that means? And when you translate that, that means we're going to continue to give away your tax dollars and not demand anything in return when it comes to foreign aid. And then here we are on domestic spending. We're just going to continue to spend your your tax dollars on things that make absolutely no sense. So this is, again, something that drives Americans crazy and, well, it should. Uh, but, you know, we'll be called all kinds of names. I just, just, just the fact that you raise it, you're going to be called all kinds of names. I know that. And, and, and I, I want somebody to send me an itemized breakdown of where those $10 million go to, quote, preserve and maintain Native American languages. I want to know, here's a check being written to whom for what service that relates to the preservation of Native American languages. These yeah. are made-up things in order to take that money and funnel it into Lord knows what corrupt locations. Well, it's probably, I mean, look, it probably goes to a bunch of, I don't know for sure, but it probably goes to a bunch of bureaucrats at some federal agency who write up some curriculum, who get paid big salaries, who get to work virtually, don't have to go to, you know, don't have to come into work in, in D.C., and then they send out this, this curriculum or whatever to maintain this language, whatever this is, to somewhere that probably never gets used. So that's probably how it all plays out in the end, which is just, a, as, as you, I think, the premise of your whole question is, mm-hmm. seems like a, just a total waste of money. 170, was it million or billion for, I'm just going to hit this one more thing here for, for the schools. I think it was 170 million dollars for the schools. Um, they already have close to a hundred million dollars left over from the first COVID stimulus from this past year. And most of this money, I think with around 75 to 80% of it cannot be spent until 2022. How can it be considered an emergency relief fund if it's not an emergency and the point that the dollars will sit somewhere else until next year not an emergency yeah right the point is it's not an emergency uh spending uh, most of this bill because it's like as you said not going to be spent till later this is this is the left using uh 
using a very serious issue to to get spending to um, just to keep spending, just to keep spending, and it's and it's uh, it's wrong, and that's why you're going to see all of us vote against it. Look, look, there was a big difference between what we did a year ago when this thing was first happening, and small business government was forcing businesses to shut down, and we passed that that two trillion bill that every single almost every single member of Congress supported, almost every single conservative supported, because it was like taking people's livelihood away from them. And when you do that, when government does that, you have to compensate. And it was the PPP program. It was all these things that, that, that we did that actually helped small business owners. That is vastly different than what this legislation is. And again, the more we talk about it, the more we explain, I think the more the American people are going to say, this is crazy. Uh, but, but frankly, as I, as, I, as I said a few minutes ago, it shouldn't surprise us based on what we've seen in the first month of the Biden administration. Let me ask you to follow up on what you kind of went into there a second ago about that G7 speech, that little video message that he delivered to the, to, to the G7 powers. Mm-hmm. He literally said, like you said, no more transactional foreign policy, meaning whatever we give you, you don't owe us anything in return. So what he essentially said was, America first is now dead. What Donald Trump had put into place for four years, which is I'm president and looking out for the people of Pittsburgh, not the people of Paris. And I know that was specific to the climate accords and other things. But generally speaking, I'm the president of these people in these United States of America. They are the ones I'm going to serve first. We will certainly stand by our allies as well, and we will confront our enemies, but we are looking out for American interests first. Joe Biden announced that he is now a globalist leader who is looking out for the interests of the international community first, not America first. If if his name was Trump making such a statement, I swear to goodness they would they would offer to impeach. Yeah, and and here's here's the the thing that that I think uh, again the country understands, but the left doesn't. When you put the interest of the American people first, it actually benefits everyone, as witnessed by what we saw during the Trump administration. We saw China for the first time saying, "Whoa, wait a minute, this guy's serious. We're going to have to change our behavior a little bit." You saw manufacturing coming back to the United States. You saw the Abraham Accords, all kinds of peace agreements in the Middle East. When the left always said, oh, no, that'll never happen. We can never get there. Donald Trump did it. So when you put the interests of Americans first and, and, and engage in an American first foreign policy focus, it actually benefits the whole world because this is, a, this is something the left never gets. And this is so darn important. When America leads the world to safer and better place. when we have some global interest kind of leading and projecting and, and being the, the, the focus, that is not good for peace. That is not good for the country. That's not good for the for people around the world. So um, when America is the leading country in the world with what we believe in our history, our heritage, our constitution, our fundamental principles, when that happens, everybody gets everybody is better off. And we saw that play out in 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 the in the four years that President Trump was leading uh, 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 with with his America First Foreign Policy. And that's the part that just frustrates me, ticks me off, and I think, again, ticks off so many Americans when they see uh, see where the Biden administration now wants to go. All right, follow up on that question as far as foreign policy, Congressman Jim Jordan, and that is our, our relationship with China. The Chinese Communist Party is engaging in a genocide of the Uyghur Muslims uh, in, in yeah. China and in prov- uh, re- uh, related provinces. Um, it is. It has been compared by those in the know to exactly that, to you know, concentration camp style genocide, very similar yep. to the Holocaust, to the, 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 that happened to the Jews and others. Um, Joe Biden took to a CNN town hall last week and said, "Well, you know, every every country and every culture has their own different cultural norms." He dismissed genocide. He dismissed gang rape, torture, yeah. and execution of people based on their religion. 
uh, in China, he dismissed it as just different cultures doing things differently. He didn't attack it. He didn't say we will punish. He didn't say we'll, we, we will reinstitute new economic uh, uh, tariffs or economic sanctions on China for this until they stop. He just said, yeah, that's just China being China. Um, what do you make of that, Congressman? No, it's it's what's happening over there is is terrible. It is as wrong as wrong can be, uh, and the fact that the president of the United States didn't condemn it uh, in 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 the, in the kind of language he should have used is um, is just wrong. Uh, again, you don't see the press making an issue of it uh, because the left has a different standard. Um, there's this there's this this double standard, but it's not only what he's doing to the Uyghurs; it's it's what's happening to to freedom in Hong Kong. It's it's uh, the threats they make against Taiwan. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is this is serious stuff, and uh, you can't just dismiss it as a as a cultural thing. And I think the irony, of course, is uh, the same the same folks who who won't uh, who won't call out what uh, the, the you know the President Biden's language here um, are the same people who want to get rid of statutes uh, uh, statues of of uh, of Lincoln and Washington and Jefferson and rename schools named after our founders. Uh, uh, so it, that, that, that to me is the, that, the part that just, I just fail to get. Um, but um, it is what it is. And I think, again, the, the American people are waking up and finding out uh, this, is, this is not moderate Joe Biden. This is, this is the guy who seems to be, unfortunately, uh, doing so many things that the, that the hard left in the country want to see happen. And that, that, in my judgment, are just not good for the nation. You know, I, we spent four years listening to the left to claim that Donald Trump was owned by Vladimir Putin, was was puppets, uh, Putin's puppet, in fact. Um, I thought it was ridiculous. It was a terrible thing to say. It was. Obviously, there was no evidence for it whatsoever. But having said that, Congressman, I'm going to say this. Joe Biden is, is literally Xi Jinping's puppet the CCP's puppet. I think everything we learned on that Tony Bobolinsky uh, presentation of the Hunter Biden laptop shows their ties to China, Jim Biden, Joe Biden, Hunter Biden. I think if he dares cross anything the CCP does or says, they they know, they probably have told him, they will expose every single illegal crooked thing that they have going on with the Biden family. I feel like he is completely in their pocket. Am I, am I, overstating that in your opinion well look the, the the short answer is we don't know but what we hope is what we do know is that the press um and and so many others misled us about tried to mislead us about the bob Alinsky hunter biden issue back before the election it turns out everything that the new york post reported the fox news and you reported about everything the report turned out to be true mm-hmm. and the fact that the fact that that the, the fbi had hunter biden under investigation and no one in the press reported that. You cannot tell me people in the press didn't know that was going on back last October. But but then then but they failed to report on it. So um, what I hope is the Justice Department will do a real investigation, will continue the investigation, and not be hindered by Mr. Garland if he becomes the Attorney General um, or or the Biden administration, and that we'll actually get answers to the very uh, questions that you uh, that you raised. Congressman Jim Jordan, I know we covered a lot there, uh, but there's still a lot to go. Thanks very much for your time, sir. We appreciate it. You bet. Thank you, Bob. Jim Jim Jordan on AM 1420, The Answer. We're late for our news, but we'll catch up and come back on AM 1420, The Answer.